0: You've got too many people coming in here looking for trouble, too many 40-year-old arrested adolescents, too many power drinkers, too many trustees of modern chemistry, too many wackos. It's been known to happen. It's going to change.
1: Oh, oh, wait. Uh, Dalton? 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 Ooh. Yeah. Dalton? Dalton?
0: It's yeah. me, Bobby.
1: Yeah. It's me, Bobby. Can you go over that list again? We're, we're having too many power chemists and um adolescent trustees and what i i started to write it down but i, power I, I, drinkers, I i'm not sure
0: power drinkers trustees and modern right. chemistry okay okay
1: oh all right i got it. okay but um a lot of these guys they, they, they like beating us up
0: uh-huh
1: if we try to find them one-on-one or even two-on-one they beat us they, they beat our, our little fannies
0: all right, listen. All you need to do is just be nice, okay? What? okay? I want I just I I want you I want you to be nice, okay? okay. If All somebody right. gets in your face mm-hmm. and calls you a cocksucker, oh, I want you to worst, be nice. The worst the
1: worst curse,
0: it's two nouns that when combined and applied within the constricts of contemporary vernacular are intended to engender anger and elicit a prescribed response.
1: Uh Wait, we're now, we're now, Vanek, are you talking about vampires? Are we supposed to get prescriptions for vampires now?
0: No, look, it's real simple. I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice.
1: Right. What time is that? One o'clock. You mm. two, two, two o'clock.
0: You won't know what time it is. I will I'm, tell you. I will tell you what time it is when it's time to not be nice. I will tell you now is the time to not be nice. All okay.
1: Right? Are you gonna follow me home? Is this just in the bar? Or is this all this the time?
0: This is. This is just in the bar.
1: If, if I go, so if I go to the restaurant and I'm like not nice, you're gonna tell me no. You you be nice now, or I'll can prob- I be? Can I be not nice then? but I have to be nice in the bar.
0: Whether or not you are nice or not nice in your own personal life when you are off the clock is your decision. When you are here working for me at Mm -hmm. the bar, it is my decision and I will tell you be nice and then when it's time to not be nice, I will tell you it is time to not be nice.
1: All right, you don't have to be a cocksucker about it. You're too stupid to have a good time! Hello everyone and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding.
0: And I'm Steve Shives.
1: And on this show we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation. Whether that reputation is good or bad. Well, normally that's what we do. But this time around it's Steve's birthday. And so we've taken one of his favorite movies and put it up on the chalking block. To see whether <laughs> or not that movie is is even good. Not, not even a classic to see if it is even worth watching, or if it's just a big old misogynistic '80s train wreck that I can't, I can't figure out at all. Why, my friend, my best friend, loves this movie so much? Is it, is it because he's a, a little gay about Patrick Swayze? I get that. Swayze's walk—you see his butt. You see his butt in this <laughs> you movie. You
0: do. You see it. Yes.
1: You see him, f- kind of fucking a girl from really far away. Yeah, kind like, of. Yeah. Like you're a stalker. Like you're a stalker. Yeah. Is Steve fantasizing that he's a stalker watching Dalton fuck a girl on a roof at some may? Who knows? We'll find out in this episode of why. <laughs> <laughs> Steve? Yeah. What movie are we reviewing in celebration of your forty second?
0: That's correct. Yes, forty-second. Okay. We are reviewing that classic 1989 bouncer epic. The swaziest the swaziest of all the swazies. Is it? I think it is. It is okay. the it is the gleaming jewel in the Swayze holy trilogy. That's uh, right. It is, of course, Roadhouse. Yay. Now, now, you have to promise me you'll contain your enthusiasm. Don't let it all out right away.
1: Oh, you are going to see it so well contained, Steve. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm locking that fucker in a lead casket and sinking it down to the bottom of the Marianas Trench. You will not see an ounce of enthusiasm. <laughs>
0: I'll, hey, Steve. I'll take your word for that. Okay, yes, yes.
1: I don't know why I'm even asking this question. Mm-hmm. Hey, Steve, mm-hmm. do you have any trivia about the movie Roadhouse? <laughs> I do
0: have some trivia about the movie Roadhouse, as a matter Great. of fact. Great. Great. Um, so, uh, Patrick Swayze took a beating during the filming of this movie.
1: Because he said, I won out.
0: He <laughs> Please said get I des- me off this movie. He said, I deserve this. <laughs> I've made a bad choice, and I deserve to suffer. No, um... He he wanted to make the fight scenes as realistic as possible. So mm-hmm. because of that, he finished the movie having sustained numerous bruises, two broken ribs, and an oh, injured dude. and an injured knee. In fact, he was so battered and specifically his knee was so messed up that he had to turn down one of the lead roles in Tango and Cash. He would have oh. been he, he would have been Cash. Now, it worked out okay for Swayze as it turns out because after he turned down Tango and Cash, he accepted a much less physically demanding part Mm -hmm. in a movie called Ghost.
1: Oh, so he got to make Ghost. Yes,
0: and and here's the thing. Ghost, and I say this as a huge fan of Patrick Swayze, Ghost is a terrible movie, but it turned out to be a good career move for Swayze because, because it was a big hit. And it won two Oscars and it was nominated for three more, including Best Picture. So he could have and been And we the remember
1: guy. his career resurgent after Ghost. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Name one great movie he was in after Ghost. I
0: don't think there well no, technically yeah, actually I think Point Break was the year after Ghost. Point break no, was, was in was ni- okay. Point Break was in ninety one and that is that is the second jewel in the Swayze Holy trilogy. The third one is one we've already reviewed on the show, which is Dirty Dancing. But, okay. Uh, but anyway, Wait, that
1: didn't come out. out no, that, after.
0: no, no, that came out in '87. That was before. So Roadhouse was yeah. smack dab in the middle, sure, of the Swayze Holy trilogy. But uh, sure. But yeah, so he 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 was he could have been the star of both Roadhouse and Tango and Cash, which is oh is, boy, which is like a level of '80s cheese mastery I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. But that did not happen. So he had to pass up Tango and Cash. Because and he, he was
1: dumb enough to allow contact during his fight <laughs> scenes.
0: <laughs> because, because his fight scenes were, yes. Um, you know, it would
1: be more real as if you actually kicked me. Oh, great. So and then the insurance guy on the movie <laughs> went, he wants what to He do? wants him
0: to kick him for real? <laughs> <laughs> he knows it's only a movie, right?
1: I don't think he does. <laughs> He's walking around forcing everyone to call him Dalton. <laughs> he,
0: he refuses to answer to Patrick. He says he just wants to live here after the movie's over.
1: He wants to live in this barn, and he's forcing the actor who plays the old man to live in the house next to it.
0: (laughs) He wants us to make the Double Deuce an actual club.
1: He wants to kill Ben Gazzara every night before (laughs) he he goes to to bed. He wants to
0: kill him every night. (laughs) Oh, speaking of the fight scenes.
1: Kelly um, Lynch has left the country. (laughs) What? (laughs) See, it's just Kelly
0: Lynch won't come back. Um, speaking of the fight scenes, of course, his partner in in uh, two of those fight scenes, and specifically the big, like, climactic fight scene, or at least the big climactic one-on-one fight scene um, sure. between Dalton and Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy is played by Marshall Teague, and mm-hmm. Marshall Teague's character has that immortal line where he tells Dalton, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Marshall Teague, Marshall Teague took his mother... With him as his date to the movie's premiere, and, for him. And when Jimmy says that line in the movie during the premiere, Marshall Teague's mother shouted proudly, "That's my boy!" So
1: the line that is both homophobic and denigrates people who have been incarcerated
0: and is also just generally kind of inexplicable why would anyone say that to someone
1: that just popped in his head (laughs) you know his, his 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 anger was up and he's like, fuck it, I'm going to say whatever comes into my head.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say the first fucked up thing I can imagine.
1: Bam, biff, I'm not a fan of figs. Punch, thwab, bang, the elastic on my underwear is loose. Boom, bang, <laughs> bing. I used to fuck you guys like you in prison.
0: Um, if you, I don't know if you've ever, I'm, I'm sure you haven't, because you're not as big of a fan of the movie as I am, but uh, uh, they did a riff tracks of this. With, of course uh, with, with and they with uh because Mike Nelson is also a huge fan of this movie and uh it was actually actually trivia about Roadhouse and also about riff tracks this was the first riff tracks ever recorded was a riff was a riff of roadhouse oh, um, good. it was it was Mike's proof of concept but Mike has the best comeback for that part when <laughs> when Jimmy says to Dalton I used to fuck guys like you in prison Mike goes uh thanks <laughs> 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 I guess like <laughs> uh, also that final fight between Dalton and Jimmy took five days to shoot. Oh, good. So full
1: contact fighting
0: <laughs> for five days.
1: You're a fucking idiot. Patrick uh, Swayze. I swear uh, to God, there was a fleet of stunt coordinators going, you don't have, what to are you do doing?
0: This. We could just put a wig on this guy over here. He looks just like not you. Even
1: that. We can teach you how to fight so that you're not connecting to the other person. It, the camera hides it. He
0: he just he wanted to save the sound effects guys some work, so they wouldn't have to foley, you know, the meat slammers when the punches connected. He's like, no, just hit me that hard for real. <laughs>
1: what are you talking about the foley was off the. the...
0: I know, I know. The foley wasn't the foley was insane. But um, do you
1: have any more trivia for this? movie? I Steve? do,
0: I do. I have. Um, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll, well, two, two more, one one more, and then one quick one. Okay. Okay. So Patrick Swayze. Because, as we mentioned, Dirty Dancing had come out a few years before this. Um, Patrick Swayze was at the height of his status as a star and as a sex symbol uh, when this movie was being made, which led to some problems. Led to some problems with some overzealous female fans trying to crash the filming to get close to him.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, At
0: one point, while they were filming that fight scene, um, a boat full of female admirers floated by on the water trying to get close to Patrick Swayze that had to be taken away. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a pickup truck full of fans who tried to park next to Swayze's trailer. And ultimately, Patrick Swayze was assigned bodyguards who were specifically tasked with keeping female sure. fans away from him. Of course. Because they just wanted a piece of Swayze so bad.
1: They wanted his D. They wanted his D.
0: They wanted that Swayze D.
1: They wanted some of that Patrick meat. And they <laughs> wanted it barbecued up and slathered <laughs> just all over. give him. me a... So hungry for Patrick.
0: <laughs> Last bit of trivia. And I find this. You do infi- know
1: that towards the end of his career, mm-hmm. that's all he could think about. He's like, hey, I ever tell you that women would come by the boatload?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. That was braggart. That was probably his final words to his wife before he died of pancreatic yeah. cancer at the age of 57. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, women were right After me so bad, there was a boat of them trying to get. And then he died. Yeah. <laughs> um, He smoked a lot. That was a mistake in hindsight. Uh, Anyway, last he smokes a lot in this movie, which makes me wince. Yeah, he constantly smokes in this movie. Like, you're going to die so young. Don't don't smoke.
1: Everybody smokes in this movie. That's true. The the children walking in the background are smoking. (laughs) I'm fairly certain I saw a dog or a horse smoking a cigarette.
0: I I saw a tree. Like... It was like, why is that tree smoking? How do, It doesn't even have lungs.
1: <laughs> he does share a cigarette with his car at one point,
0: yeah. right? And, yeah, he, he lights two in his mouth and he passes one to the car, yeah. Um, no, last bit of trivia, and I find this just fascinating because it's a little peek behind the curtain, you know, like behind the scenes, sort of how the sausage is made in Hollywood, you know, which I think is interesting. Sure. So, you know, there's a it's a big plot point near the end of the movie that, that, that Dalton's buddy, Wade Garrett, uh, is stabbed to death. And uh, if you look very closely at that scene when Dalton rolls him over and you see the knife in his chest, you can see that Wade Garrett appears to still be breathing after he has been stabbed to death. Now, this is because Sam Elliott, the actor who plays him, was not uh, actually dead. What? So That's I just, cheap. They I just, didn't
1: actually kill him? They did
0: not actually kill him, even though that was his final scene in the movie. So he, he continued to, to live and actually made quite a few movies after this.
1: That's not trivia, Steve. That's
0: my that's we my know, last that's my last bit of trivia.
1: We know he didn't die in this movie.
0: <laughs> I just think it's interesting that, you know, he was only pretending to be dead.
1: So does everyone who dies in a movie, Steve.
0: That's so interesting.
1: Unless it's the Twilight at uh, the Twilight Zone movie. Oh, well, um,
0: <laughs> well, Vic Morrow, we hardly knew you
1: okay you're done i'm done finished i'm finished you're all done with i'm all
0: done. i got i i i (laughs) yes i'm done with all this crap great
1: let's talk about who made it yes it was directed by rowdy harrington what else has he directed
0: Mm, nothing of note that's right that's right (laughs) (laughs) nothing of note
1: screenplay by david lee henry who also wrote out for justice And Hilary Hankin, who also wrote Wag the Dog, and not much else.
0: No. What else do you need?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's produced by Joel Silver, who's produced movies like The Warriors and 48 Hours, and Commando, and the Lethal Weapons films. Yay. So he's got some money. He's got a little bit. Starring Patrick Swayze as James Dalton. We only know it's James because it's written here, not because that name appears anywhere in the movie. Because no. they always call him Dalton. Yep. Right. Yep. I think someone does say James Dalton at some point, don't they? I
0: don't they remember if they do or not. I, 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 I'm. Yeah, maybe they do, but I don't recall that specifically. Uh-huh.
1: And you know him from Red Dawn, Dirty Dancing, Donnie Darko, and yeah. the the print on Steve's pillow that he, he has in his bed. It's right over that, there. I'm looking at it right that's now. It's right there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then you flip it over, and it's the butt that you see in yeah. this movie. <laughs> it's very
0: realistic, too. I got, a, I got an artist to do that. It's airbrushed to my specifications.
1: Good for you. Yeah. Kelly Lynch. As Dr. Elizabeth, clever nickname Doc, Clay. (laughs) Why do they call (laughs) you that? She's been in Drugstore Cowboy, and Curly Sue, and the L Word. Sam Elliott as Wade Garrett. He he was in The Mask. Not The Mask. I'm sorry. Mask. Mask.
0: The sad one.
1: The Big Lebowski. Tombstone. Mm Mm-hmm. Hulk mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. Ben Gazzara as Brad Wesley. And you'd know him from Voyage of the Damned. Also the Big Lebowski. Yeah. And Dogville. Mm-hmm. Kevin Teague or Ty. I don't know how you I'm say it.
0: I thought it was Ty, but it might be T. I'm not sure, actually.
1: Yeah. As Frank Tillam. Tilgum. Tilcam. Tillman. How do you say Tillman. Tillman. There's a G in there, Steve. Y-
0: yeah, it's English.
1: Okay. And he's been in movies like Gilbert Grape. The Graduate, and a whole lot of TV. Mm -hmm. You'd recognize him. Red West as Red Webster, and he was Elvis's bodyguard. So that's That's neat.
0: (laughs) So that's neat.
1: He wrote a book about how Elvis was addicted to drugs, and his fans went, No, he wasn't. And he said, Yeah, he was. And they're like, No, he wasn't either. We hate you but it didn't stop that book from being bought by tons and tons of people. Jeff Healy as Cody, nothing. Sunshine Parker as Emmett. He he was in Tremors. You'll recognize him from Tremors. Mm -hmm. Marshall Teague as Jimmy Reno. And he was in The Rock and Armageddon and Babylon 5. Like, a lot. I guess once you've hit the heights and you got to say, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. (laughs) Next up, Babylon 5. That's right. John Doe, that's his real name, is Pac- Pat McGurn, nothing. Kathleen Wilhoyt as Carrie Ann, nothing. Terry Funk as Morgan. He's a what, Steve? He
0: is one of the greatest professional wrestlers in history. Former that's NWA right World is. Champion, three time winner of the All Japan Pro Wrestling Real World Tag League with his brother Dory Funk Jr., who is also a mm-hmm. former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Terry Funk is the shit.
1: And if you want some homoerotic pictures, go look up a picture of the two of them together with both their shirts off wearing cowboy
0: hats. Oh, yeah. Definitely do that.
1: <laughs> Julie Michaels as Denise, nothing. Anthony DeLongis as Gary Ketchum, nothing. Travis McKenna as Jack, nothing. And Keith David, what the fuck, Hollywood?
0: <laughs> He's a young actor making his way, you know. Steve? Gets his big break.
1: This was seven years after the thing.
0: That's true, and he's barely in Roadhouse. Yeah. Apparently he's barely he, Apparently, a
1: character he, in Roadhouse.
0: Apparently he had more scenes and they were cut because the, the original cut of this movie was three hours. Wasn't
1: racist enough?
0: <laughs> Get that black guy out of here.
1: How many black characters are in this movie? Set in the South.
0: Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think there are really any other than.
1: Wait, is it where? Where's Jasper supposed to it's be? It's
0: supposed to be in Missouri. Uh, it's said to be outside of Kansas City.
1: Okay, so as, aside from Keith David, whose character has no name, Keith David, you know the guy from The Thing, great, from actor. Dream, great actor, Dream, Princess and the Frog, yeah, great, fantastic, great actor, wonderful actor. His character name in this movie is New Bartender.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right.
1: Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> Fuck it. Keith David was an established actor, right? Absolutely. He was good. And he settled for a part as new bartender in this Whitey McWiterson film about fucking lunkheads in the South and a bar so that he could have food money. <laughs> oh, okay, we're done. I'm not going to... I'm not going to ruin Steve's birthday with that. No, sir. He's just lucky that none of the fucking producers or directors had any kind of history of child sexual abuse or we'd be running through that again. <laughs>
0: that we know of.
1: The entire time I'm researching, all these guys are like, please, Joel Silver, please, be clean. please yeah, be clean.
0: that That's the one that jumps out at you, isn't it? Like, oh, he's got it. Right. He must have done something.
1: <laughs> nope, he's okay. Yeah. As far as we know. He
0: checks out, thank God
1: cinematographer Dean Cundey and we've mentioned it before he's worked closely with John Carpenter, Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Pick any other movies from the 1980s more than likely he was the cinematographer on it. Edited by John F. Link and he also edited Die Hard and Commando and The Best DC Comics adaptation Ooh. ever put to screen. Steel.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. That classic film. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Also edited by Frank J. Rosti. I think that's how you say his name. And he has cut movies like Robocop and Die Hard and Basic Instinct. So he's had a pretty decent career. Mm -hmm. Music by Michael Kamen. Hey, him again. Wow, we're (laughs) running out of things to say because Michael Kamen sure has done a fuck ton of movies, hasn't he? He sure was prolific he worked with pink floyd on the pink floyd the wall that movie and highlander and brazil production company silver pictures distributed by united artists release date may 19th 1989 running time one 100, yeah 114 minutes budget 15 million adjusted for inflation 34.7 million box office million adjusted for inflation, 142.8 million. So it was a big, everyone, everyone but me went to go see that because I was like, I don't need to see that, do I? We were in an era where we were making movies about doofuses and bars as if this is a trade skill, right? That they went to college for it. Didn't Cocktail come out around the same time? A
0: few years before, but yeah, roughly same did, era. Did
1: Hollywood go through a period where all of the writers and producers were fucking drunks and all they did was go to these bars and go, we can make a movie about that, lo- that guy who's guarding the door. and We can make a movie about that bartender. Look at him flip those things off. Yeah. I'm glad they stopped at a certain point. Well, oh, wait yeah. a minute. Because <laughs> all that was left were the women dancing topless and they were like, we can't make a movie about that. And then strip Striptease came along <laughs> And oh, esther
0: house said yes later. you can <laughs>
1: So, steve are, are, are you ready i'm ready of course you are
0: i'm ready to go but, into to, to run into this magical world
1: i might stop at the border of jasper i don't i don't think i need to go
0: no you should come with there. me i'll introduce you to Why? some people because it's fun it's i know it's a it's a uh, fun world of, of of violence and there are no cops
1: yeah, there are no cops. No one ever goes to jail for murder. You can do you, you can, can do whatever you want. <laughs> you can toss a dead body in the river and just let it drift down. No one ever <laughs> finds it.
0: And call attention to it. Not even make a secret right. of it. Just yell you at the guy. You can blow
1: up or destroy anything you want. Right, yep. Steve? Yes,
0: you can. Just as God and the Founding Fathers intended. <laughs>
1: You know what? I think I'm going to drop you off and I'm just going to take that 1965 Buick Riviera and just leave. Oh. I'm going to, I'm going to take that precious baby angel and, and get that dent knocked out out of the side. and <laughs> get, get a new it, windshield for it. Get a decent it. patient. <laughs> get a new windshield for it. You know, wash it and dry it with a diaper and just keep it safe. And you can fucking go all those 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 goddamn cock knockers in a bar. I'm not. You know what? I'm not a big drinker anyway. So no. why would I even go in there?
0: I'm not either, really.
1: Hey, wait a minute. Who was the blind guy who was uh, the leader of the band? I think I left him off.
0: With oh, thing. Jeff Healy.
1: Okay, so Jeff Healy is the... And he's really blind.
0: Yes, he is really blind.
1: That's right. And yes. he's a good actor. He does okay. At least at least we know he memorized his lines. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. And he had a lot of exposition to remember, too, because that's pretty much all he does.
1: Damn, that's is, true. Is introduce that's pe- exp-
0: he introduce people and bring people up to speed on stuff.
1: That's right. Okay, Steve. Yes. Steve, just, let's, I'll go with you. Okay, okay yes. But I'm please, I, your I car- hope so. I'm holding your car keys. That's o- it. Okay,
0: I promise not to get carried away.
1: I don't believe that for a fucking second. <laughs> Well, let's run into the world, a roadhouse, yeah. Steve. You you do it. You take it away. You, okay. You you do it.
0: Well, we start out in the parking lot of this. You might call it a bar. Okay. You might even call I'll, it a roadhouse, perhaps.
1: I'll st- I'll stay I'll stay here. Okay. It's okay. I can you'll, stay outside you'll, with
0: you'll, the car. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's called the bandstand, and we don't. We're not quite sure where it is, but we see a car pull up. And a lady gets out, and we get a nice shot. Oh, is of, she
1: a main character? Not
0: at all. We never see her again, but we get a nice shot of her ass.
1: Yeah, we zoom we, in on her and ass. And we see
0: that it's the 80s because she's wearing one of those dresses that people wore in the 80s that looked like just a big old sock that you just pull I'm over sorry. your body. i sorry, her
1: ass was talking so loud I didn't notice what she was wearing. Oh,
0: she was wearing a very 80s dress. And Good she got big old '80s hair that's teased up to the sky, and she walks into mm. the club, and the bar is hopping. There's a bunch of people there, and everybody's dancing. And hey, there's
1: a, did you recognize the lead singer for the the band at that bar?
0: Um, no, but I know it, he's somebody. I know he's been in other stuff.
1: It's it's the Radiohead guy from uh, Talking Heads, from the Talking Heads. Uh, is it movie? Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's a
1: punk rocker. Yeah. <laughs> and he does a lot of, he does a lot of stuff like this. Yeah. Where yeah. And we see a guy come up and he's wearing a bolo tie. He don't look like he's from around there. That's
0: right. He he comes out of a limo and uh yeah. And he's Who's he, that? He, that is uh Mr. Tillman. And his his we find out more about him in a little bit, but his superpower is no matter what he says, it sounds perverted. And a he never what and, and he never actually says anything truly perverted in the entire movie if you watch but every time he says anything it sounds like he's saying something absolutely filthy cuz like you know when he sees when he sees Wade Garrett a little bit later and recognizes him mm-hmm. he says i know you <laughs> and it sounds filthy everything he says sounds like incredibly suggestive and it, he never says anything suggestive but he for whatever reason the actor decides i'm going to i'm going to play this guy like he's a huge perv but nothing he says is say going to be every for good. line
1: I'm saying like I'm jerking it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like when he when I knew you.
1: <laughs> I know what you are. You're, yeah, like he. I'd like a a bacon sandwich. Exactly.
0: He pulls up to McDonald's. I'll take a number five with a mm. diet coke, please. Thank Slip you. that
1: into the bag.
0: <laughs> but he
1: he sees. Uh, Dalton.
0: Right, and Dalton is the
1: he well, mullet we, 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 man.
0: Yeah, he's just at this point we don't know exactly who Dalton is, but he's obviously important. And he's standing there in the barn. he's just kind of looking around and keeping an eye on things. Um, mm-hmm. and then a fight breaks out.
1: Well, a guy's being being ornery, ornery with yeah. his date. That's right. And he knocks he knocks her over, and she falls down. No one helps her up. No one. All they do is they concentrate on the dude and and the lady that he knocked over is Lita Alexander from Babylon Five. Oh, I didn't, you I see didn't her recognize face her for exactly half a second. Yeah,
0: because well, because <laughs> she was a stunt woman, so that makes sense if she had to do like a fall or something.
1: Sure. Yeah. And then the guy whips out a knife, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and he and his friend are like, "Come on, fucker, come on."
0: He wants, yeah, well, yeah, beat
1: he, us up or something. He wants to
0: fight Dalton. He's like, "Come on, Dalton, I've always wanted to fight you." So Dalton says, mm-hmm. All right, outside. And so they drag the guys outside and they turn around and they, the dude squares off. He's like, All right, Dalton, come on, me and you. And Dalton just kind of scoffs at him and walks back inside.
1: Uh huh. But Dalton got cut. Yeah. He got cut with a knife. <laughs> That's and not a back knife. Into, And he's sewing himself up and there's blood and he's doing it the manly way. Yeah. Not at a hospital no, he's, like you probably should. He's doing it
0: all by himself.
1: Yeah, and once his name comes in and he's like yeah.
0: I got me a I got me a club outside of Kansas City. Uh, I'd love for you to come and work for me.
1: He's like, Are you hitting on me? He's like, Oh
0: no, everybody thinks that, but I'm rarely actually doing that, now.
1: And Dalton's like, you're going to pay me $500 a day and $5,000 a week and $200,000 a month and $450 million a year. (laughs) And
0: you're going to cover all my medical expenses.
1: Well, since you're showing yourself up, (laughs) I don't think that's going to be a problem.
0: You got a deal.
1: You come down to Jasper. We need you, please. Yeah, because and he agrees. Yeah,
0: because the deal is he's he's he start he has a club that um he wants. it's kind of a rough club and he wants to make it into a nice club and he knows that Dalton is is the best bouncer so he's like you come work for me and help me clean up my club and make it a place that Apparently nice people want to come to. He's
1: world famous bouncer.
0: He is. He's one of at least two world famous bouncers that we meet in this film. <laughs> Apparently, yes. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So probably they had a TV show or something. Yeah, or there
0: was like a circuit. There's like a magazine that everybody read, like Bouncers Monthly. Bouncer um, Monthly. And you know he was the cover boy quite a few months. But so mm-hmm. he 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 accepts the offer. He tells the guy who owns this club basically, I'm out of here. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he goes he, he to drives
1: a, up to a parking lot the only other black person in this movie is there.
0: Yeah. And and he gets a yeah. car, so that you know, good for him.
1: He throws him the keys because he's a a rich white guy doing a menial job.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: I just want to I just want to point that out that uh, he's a rich white dude. Oh, he is. We'll find out how rich in a second.
0: <laughs> yes, well, you, he's quite rich. apparent he 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 at least has some money saved because he uh, uh-huh.
1: he tosses the like keys. Like to also point out, it's two o'clock in the fucking morning. Yep. And there's just black guy. Well, <laughs> sitting you know, you know, on a chair.
0: there's probably a story there. Maybe him and his wife had a fight, and he's just going outside to cool off. You know, or he got kicked out, and he's not sure where he's going to go. He,
1: or he lives in the parking lot. Or he lives or in the parking is, lot. Yeah. And he's like. Here and he's like, "Hey man, you can't do this. Put that guy And he's like, "It's yours. Keep it. I don't need your fucking charity." (laughs) So wait, are you
0: gonna sign the title over to me or? uh, He's gone. Never mind. Oh,
1: your (laughs) guy. And he takes he takes the diaper off of his his fucking '80s status symbol.
0: His Mercedes.
1: His Mercedes. That's right. And he drives all the way to Jasper and he pulls up in front of this fucking goddamn horrible place yep. called the double deuce dirt
0: parking lot the place looks like shit from the outside Wait. there's a hey, bunch Steve, of yeah. what does
1: it mean when you say to somebody i gotta drop a deuce it means
0: you gotta take a shit
1: so what's a double deuce i guess you
0: gotta take a shit twice
1: <laughs> okay and he goes in, and he goes in there, and it's dirty, mm-hmm. and the and the the bouncers are beating people up. Yeah, and there's there's a blind blind guy, and he has a band behind chicken wire behind a, a
0: cage, yeah, because people be throwing bottles at him, and yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and there's a loud mouth waitress. And uh, he watches a whole lot of crimes also there's yes. this blonde woman with huge tits. We want to make sure that everyone understands that she has huge tits right Steve it's very because important that's yes all she has to offer and she gives him a look up and down he smokes 16 cigarettes
0: <laughs> on the way in <laughs> you
1: know, the, right. loud mouth, the loud the loudmouth uh, waitress is finally gets him to say his name and she's like, holy shit." I saw you on TV or something. Yeah. She just knows who he is. I have
0: all me. your bouncer trading cards. <laughs>
1: That's right. And um, we watch a whole bunch of stuff happen, right? Oh, a yeah. A whole he, bunch of people yeah. fight. And there's fights. He does. There's,
0: there's the, one of the waitresses is dealing drugs.
1: Mm-hmm. And he does fuck all about any them. He other, just watches, right? yeah.
0: He just, yeah.
1: Then he goes in and plays a practical joke on the blind dude. Because they know because each other. Because they they know each other somehow, and he drops some exposition. And what's some of the exposition he drops?
0: Um, what does the blind guy tell him uh, in the first scene? Oh, he, he, he says this place is worse than that toilet that we worked in, I forget, some other place. So it establishes that they know each other. Sure. Um, I don't know if he says anything else in this first scene, though.
1: Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. But we cut to... To Steve's favorite scene in the in the movie. Oh boy! Where a uh, disgusting drunk man and his beautiful girlfriend.
0: Oh my god! This fucking scene.
1: I want you to describe it. Please.
0: So okay, so there's this guy in the bar, and <laughs> so there's he's sitting next to his, I guess his girlfriend, and he's say <laughs>
1: girlfriend. Whore. Who knows? Sex, he could be a Sex pimp. trafficking
0: victim. Um, he's
1: treating her like a piece of meat, so he, he says, could be just a pimp. He
0: says, ain't she got about the nice pair you ever seen? I'll tell you what, for 20 bucks, you can kiss him. And then we cut to the reaction shot of the guy he's talking to, who is the-
1: Which act like cartoon who fucking is, character.
0: Who is the best actor ever, who says, really? You mean it? <laughs> exactly like that. And- So he's Uh like, he's like, go ahead, get, get him out, sweetheart. So she pulls her tits out and he like reaches across the table and he's like fondling her and he's taken a while. And finally the pimp says, well, hell boy, ain't you going to kiss him? And the guy says, I can't. And he says, why can't you? And he says, cause I don't have $20. And you know, so it's just, it's a little skit. It's it, it, it's a little racial slur against the South, which I'm completely fine with, by the way, because the South deserves it. But uh, yeah. And then there's a fight again. And Terry Funk, who is the lead. Are you who seriously
1: is, walking away from that saying it's just a it's a slur against the South?
0: It's a little skit. A, it's a little <laughs> skit.
1: It's, it's not treating a woman like a piece of fucking. Oh,
0: meat. no, it literally is. Because it she literally loves it. Is. She
1: loves it when when a stranger comes up and starts grabbing her tits. She no, it's I, I don't
0: approve of the behavior.
1: No, I don't why approve, would you? I
0: don't approve of First the behavior not. whatsoever.
1: No, it's just your favorite movie. Anyway, <laughs> a fight breaks <laughs> out.
0: Yes, again, a another f- fight.
1: A big fight breaks out. Everyone's beating everybody up, and the owner does the come up to my office, and Dalton goes up to the office, and then that's over. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then afterwards right. we see him sweeping up like the, after the bar is closed, everybody's cleaning up and Dalton comes down out of the, the manager's office and uh, Terry Funk, who is the, the who is currently the lead bouncer um, and has everybody knows who Dalton is now and why Dalton's there. Um, Terry Funk gets in his face and says something like, you don't look like such a big deal to me or you uh-huh. don't look so tough to me. And Dalton just looks at him and says, opinions vary and he walks away. And then Terry folks then like, we, he ate shit, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then we cut to a bald man eating a sandwich. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it turns out that he uh, he's at uh, Big T Auto Sales. He's getting himself a new and car, yeah. We get a riveting scene of Dalton buying a gorgeous 1965 Riviera. Yeah. Um, and he's like, hey, does this work? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, do the headlights work? And he's like, yeah. Because it has those cool clamshell headlights on. Yeah. So awesome. And then we cut to him buying tires. Woo, will the excitement ever stop? And he buys some tires, <laughs> and he manages to cram two
0: yeah. full full-size tires.
1: tires into the trunk of that fucking car. Uh, he
0: bought it because it had a big trunk, you know? I mean... Did he? I don't know. I think he was more interested in the headlight thing, but yeah, it's just enough. But
1: wait, if your heart didn't explode with excitement when he bought a car or got tires, just wait until he shows up to some farm and Santa Claus is there. It's Farmer Santa! It's Farmer Santa! And he's like, I'm responding to, you know, you have a place uh, for rent. And he's like, yeah, I sure do. And he shows him, and it's a gorgeous, huge loft.
0: A huge loft.
1: And Yes, like a huge lot with a with kitchen, floor to ceiling yeah. windows,
0: and a kitchen, and yeah, it's it's beautiful. Mm. But and the ex- the explanation for why it hasn't been rented is that it, there's no air conditioning, and there's no uh, there's no cable, and there's no phone or anything. Like it's all it's just sort that's of, right. Yeah. So he's like, nobody wanted it. And Dalton's like, I'll nobody take it. Nobody
1: wanted it. And he's like for a hundred dollars, and he's like sure, sucker. <laughs> and while they're there, while they're there, a helipopper keeps taking off and landing yeah. across the water. Because that's this is right.
0: Emmett's neighbor from across the lake, who, yeah. Who, ben Gazzara, who will become important. Yes, Ben Gazzara, Brad Wesley, local he keeps rich guy, his
1: horses, and he does it on purpose to make him upset because
0: he's a he's right? a bad man.
1: That's right. Thank you thank you grandpa santa and then we cut to the bar the next night right yes and dalton's there and he's and he's firing people
0: (laughs) yeah basically yeah he 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 gives him his little speech about how um he fought he fires the waitress that he saw dealing drugs and he He fires terry and he fires terry funk because he said you don't have the temperament for the trade uh and then he gives them the little speech about how we know people who are who are out looking to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse so we need to clean this place up and uh, he gives them the three rules for how to be a bouncer and the three right. the three rules are never underestimate your opponent expect the unexpected uh-huh. always take it outside don't ever start anything in the bar unless it's absolutely necessary and three be nice Oh. Those are the rules for being a good baxter. Be nice.
1: And it changes everything, and the place is great at the end.
0: Yep, good movie.
1: Next, next. Uh, so we cut oh. to when the bar is open. Blonde Lady is still giving Dalton the eye, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And uh, then Dalton finds one of his bodyguards fucking a girl.
0: Yep. And right. he fires him. He says, and the guy says, and the guy's name is Steve, by the way. He's named, he's, uh, yeah, I know he's named for, I me. didn't want
1: to bring that up. And he
0: says, okay. he, he catches Steve fucking a girl in the back and Steve says, but I'm on my break, which is a, it's a good argument, you know, but Dalton doesn't hear it. He says, stay on it. So that's how Steve loses his job.
1: And then with no prospects and no, no way to get in on any other job, he turns to drugs and, yeah. you know, he, he starts hitting heroin pretty hard. Pretty hard. Um, he, he becomes homeless and Jasper and people look at him and they go, Oh, geez, Steve has really hit a, a new low. Remember yeah. when he used to fuck waitresses and he used to be a bouncer? Now look at him, he's yep. sad. Yep. I just want to buy him a sandwich, but he tried to sell it for more drugs. And then one day they find his body under a bridge or some fucking thing. And it says, he has a note pinned to him that says, Blame Dalton on it. It's great. Yeah.
0: Hey, you know what? He shouldn't have been fucking that girl in the stockroom.
1: Dalton also notices that the bartender is drinking a lot of the whiskey uh-huh. and palming a lot of the money and putting it directly in his pocket.
0: Yeah, so he gets fired, too. So
1: so he gets fired, too, and the dude goes, you, You're making a mistake. Hey, owner, do you want to do this? And the owner's like, I guess so. Yeah, okay, you're fired. And he goes, You're going to learn to live to regret that, right? Yeah. And then Dalton goes out to his car. Oh, and his tires are flat see? and his antenna is Now broken. you know
0: why we had to watch him buy those tires. It, it's a setup right. and a payoff, see? That's why he bought the car. He bought a, I mean, it's kind of funny because you're right. It is a really nice car. It's. I guess we're supposed to think it's kind of a junker.
1: It's a beat-up. It's got kind of a dent in the
0: side, yeah, yeah, the idea is he spends a few hundred bucks to buy, like, a junker to drive to and from to work because he figures as mm-hmm. the bouncer, people will hate him, and his car will get vandalized by angry people that he kicks right. out of the bar. So, you know, he has a, a sacrificial that, car. That
1: night, back, um, back at the barn... Mm-hmm. Well, Dalton's reading a book on philosophy or some shit. Yes, indeed. I don't know. Yes, indeed. And he hears a commotion across the way. And using his binocular vision, <laughs> he can see that a whole bunch of very young people are all running around. And then instantaneously, their shirts are off. Yeah. And they're being thrown in the pool. And he's just spying on them, gently masturbating himself <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't know what he's getting out of that. He's getting into the, the next,
0: spirit of the place, you know, enjoying the town.
1: The ne- yeah. The next morning, the loudmouth waitress stops by to wake him up and he and he just gets up and she sees his butt and her jaw drops open yeah. and she starts lick licking her lips and touching herself. <laughs> She's like, "Oh fuck, yes." Because it's apparently so magnificent. And then we get some more exposition. Yeah, about about the guy he fired, something? about the guy the, uh, yeah. the
0: the bartender that he fired for skimming. Uh, she says mm-hmm. you shouldn't have done that. You know you're going to get in trouble for that. And Dalton's like, whatever. I'm Dalton. I don't care.
1: Right. And then we cut to Ben Gazzara driving his car on both lanes. Yep.
0: Because he is just swerving
1: back and forth. He is
0: a bad man.
1: I guess. And Dalton has to veer out of his way or he would have gotten hit. That's right. But, uh, okay, then he goes to Red's auto parts. You know, you
0: you could almost say that those two characters are on a collision course.
1: I could, but I'd throw up blood. (laughs) I'd throw up blood if I tried to say that. He goes to Red, Red and him talk, and then Ben Gazzara comes in with... um, I, I I fuck eyes like you in prison. Yeah, Jimmy and yeah, and him and Jimmy. I give each other the eye, and then Ben Gazzara goes, "You got my money, motherfucker!" And he's they we don't get to see what that's all about. Right. Cut to Patrick Swayze make pretending that he knows martial arts. He's doing Tai by- Chi. He's doing Tai Chi all by himself and Ben Gazzara is watching him from across the lake and Grandpa Santa is watching him going, What the hell did I just let onto my property?
0: (laughs) He's doing some kind of dance without no music.
1: Cut back to the bar that night, and uh-oh, the owner is being threatened by three guys.
0: Yeah, because it turns out... Uh,
1: Chubby Winkins, <laughs> the bartender, Winkins. and other dude. I don't know what his name is. I think, his, is his, I name? think
0: his name is Tinkler.
1: I think or I'm going to rename him Survivor.
0: <laughs> yes, that's true. That becomes a very apt name. Um, but no, so it turns out Pat, the bartender that that was fired, is Brad Wesley's nephew. So mm-hmm. he wasn't supposed to be fired. He's supposed to be like a made guy. Like he can, you know, um, he's supposed to work there because Brad Wesley's the rich guy in town and he runs the show and you shouldn't have fired him. Um, mm-hmm. and so, but, but till and
1: then a fight breaks out.
0: Well, yeah. Cause the the deal is if you don't fire, or if you, if, if you don't let Pat work here, then Brad Wesley controls the flow of alcohol in this town. So you won't have that's any right. booze to sell at the double deuce. And, Dalton- and
1: he also takes pr- pr- protection money or something.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so Dalton's like, fuck you. And they have a big fight.
1: That's right. And they bring out knives and they cut him in the side yeah. and then they get they throw the guys out. So now he has to go to the hospital.
0: Because this is a big enough cut that he can't sew this one up himself.
1: That's right. And then he meets Pretty Doctor Lady.
0: Yep. Her name, Pretty Doctor Lady.
1: Pretty Doctor Lady. And she's like, I'm gonna inject you with this comedically sized <laughs> it's syringe. Humongous of stuff. syringe, yes. <laughs> and it's he like says a lethal no. injection syringe she he says no yes. and she said i'm a doctor this is a hospital we don't perform surgery on people without at least a local anesthetic he says well i don't care i have produced no reason as to why i like being sewn up without it <laughs> and she says get the fuck out of my out of <laughs> my hospital <laughs> you sick fuck you weirdo and instead she that tickles her clitoris and she likes that's it that's right and so they have some small talk back and forth, right? Yeah,
0: and actually I don't want to gloss over this because this is one of my favorite parts of this movie. I know it is. So I'm... he has he he first of all, he he has his medical file that he just brings with sure. him everywhere. So Of course. So he hands her his medical records. She glances at them. And right. for some reason that is never explained, in his medical file is a note about where he went to college. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the fact that he has a degree. B- yeah. But not what he has a degree in. So she can still ask no. him about that. So she says, Your file says you have a degree from NYU. What what in? And he says philosophy. Of course. Because he's a warrior philosopher.
1: He's a warrior poet. Yes. Right. Like Braveheart. This is also where you get your favorite line, Steve.
0: One of my favorite lines.
1: She goes, Doesn't it hurt?
0: Well, yes. And he says Isn't
1: it painful? And yeah. what does he say? He
0: says pain don't hurt. Right. But there's another one of my favorite lines right after this. What is that? She asks him, do you ever win a fight? And he says.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. And he
0: says, with absolute seriousness, nobody ever wins a fight.
1: Wah, wah. Oh, God. Then he says, hey, come over to this shitty bar that I'm doing bouncer work <laughs> that at. That I just got stabbed that's, at. That's, <laughs> I just got stabbed there, but it, I'm, I'm sure it'll be safe for you, pretty blonde lady. Come hang out despite at the. Despite the fact oh. that. Every attractive blonde lady that's in the bar, someone's groping her tits or she's taking her top off or some bullshit. And she said, Nothing about it. She runs into a room to furiously masturbate, and we cut to Ben Gazzara beating up his henchmen for not doing the job that they were supposed to.
0: That's right. Because he wanted, he expected results.
1: And he's like, "Hey, Tubby, two by four can't fit through the bathroom door. Will you apologize?" And he's like, oh, "I'm sorry." And he's like, "I believe you because you're stupid." And then he he accepts the apology of the other guy, and then the tall guy he beats the shit out. Of, yeah, right. Because
0: he doesn't believe that he is sincerely apologizing.
1: That's right. Cut to um, Dalton showing up at the auto parts place. The bad guys are leaving. He goes inside, and oh no, someone spilled oil all over the floor. Yeah,
0: and Red has to mop it up. And he says, this right. happens every week. They always come in here and mess and my place up.
1: And Dalton's like, why? Can I help you? And that, oh, I'm sorry, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but he finds out that one of the way that uh, uh, Wesley makes his money is he takes 10% off of every business in town. Right? Right. right. Cut to... Um, Wade.
0: Yes. Wade? Well, yeah. Wade Garrett. Cause Dalton, well, I think, I think we, do we get the scene where Dalton goes to, um, to Wesley's house first? Not yet. He calls Wade first.
1: Wade is overseeing what kind of, what kind of, uh, what kind of t-shirt?
0: Oh, I believe, contest. I believe that would be a wet t-shirt contest.
1: And they've crossed out shirt. They've crossed out the word t-shirt. It's just a wet g-string contest that's
0: right because this is a classy place where wade is working this is it's a classy yeah, joint and there's
1: tons tons of ladies there right yep, and they're and yeah none of them have a top they're line. all
0: topless
1: and he has to stop this soldier guy from getting rowdy and then he gets a telemophone call and who is it from it's Steve? it's from
0: his old friend
1: dalton and do they discuss anything of importance not
0: really they just kind of catch up
1: they kind of like, we got to establish your character now so you just don't appear from out of nowhere like a ghost. Exactly. So, and he's like, hey, Dalton. And he's like, don't, I've been good. Don't forget that I taught you everything <laughs> I knew, Dalton. He's like, yes, you did.
0: Don't forget that beef is what's for dinner.
1: <laughs> he did the same joke in The Hulk.
0: I know. Or I Hulk. know.
1: People remember these things, Steve. I like it, though. I know you do. We go back to the bar, and Loudmouth Waitress is now... Um, she's singing. She's singing. And now Blonde Lady comes up, and she's like rubbing up against Dalton. And then Jimmy comes up and says, oh, no, you didn't. And he takes her outside. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of bad guys show up, That's right. right.
0: They. That's time to pay the piper, Dalton.
1: And they take them all outside, and they beat them up yeah. just in time for... For Dr.
0: For lady to show up. Dr.
1: Yeah. Lady to show up and see him beat some guys up, and she's like, that was great. I'm so glad I came tonight. That's (laughs) awesome. Then they go to a cafe. He smokes five thousand cigarettes sure does and they talk or something right yeah she says i think you're a bad guy and he's like you're probably right and then he pays there's some drunk there that's overheard their entire conversation (laughs) (laughs) and he pays for their food and then they drive in a jeep back to his house and then they start kissing because it's the 80s and that's what you do right absolutely Steve? that's what you do These
0: two attractive young kids getting along you know they like each other
1: and then there was something about a stop sign.
0: yeah someone had put a stop sign some incredible hulk of a man had pulled a stop sign up out of the ground and thrust it through the window of dalton's car Right so he pulls the stop sign out as he waves goodbye to her and
1: yeah the next day Dalton's sitting on the roof of his car just thinking about butterflies just and hanging clouds with yeah or exactly
0: something. asking himself he's a philosopher he's pondering the deep questions mm-hmm. like why don't pain and, hurt
1: And fatty Rotundo and the other guy come <laughs> up and say, hey, <laughs> You, Wesley wants to talk to you and he's like okay and he goes to Wesley's house and he sees the blonde lady and she's Yeah. and uh oh she's got
0: black eyes she's got a boo-boo
1: she's got a boo-boo on her face and, and Ben Gazzara is eating breakfast and he's like turn that music off and I'm like okay and then Ben Gazzara's like I like you you're like me I came to this town with nothing, and now I own everything, and I own the cops, and I own the uh, courts, and I own the president. (laughs) No one can tell me what to do. (laughs) And you're going to come work for me. How much money will it cost for you to work for me? And he's like, "All none of it. So you'll work for free? (laughs) No, I mean, no, there's no money. I'll never join you. (laughs) So now we cut back to the Double Deuce, and it looks completely different. Yeah, the remodeling is coming along. Yeah, they have a they have a lit up sign. There's a line of trendy young people instead of fucking shit kickers. They they finally got the crowd they want: rich, dumb, yuppies. Yeah, it's
0: the <laughs> '80s. Time to cash in.
1: Why not denigrate more people from the South and make them seem like they're not wanted? We want young, dumb yuppies. That's all we want. They spend money on booze and they act nice. And they don't start
0: fights and trash the joint every night.
1: That's right. And Dalton steps outside briefly and uh, girlfriend doctor is there. And I think that's when Jimmy sees him and goes, "Oh, you, you, you better dig a yeah
0: yeah, he sees Dalton and, and Doc leaving together, and he, he turns, Jimmy turns to one of the other to the guy he's in the car with and laughs and goes, "Dig a hole."
1: And then they go back to his barn, yeah. and they have a long discussion about nothing important, mm-hmm. right? That's correct. And then they start kissing and fucking. No, they, they
0: perform the physical act of love.
1: Uh huh. Later that evening, apparently, she fu- he fucked her so good, she fell asleep for a couple of hours because it's still nighttime. That's right. And she wakes up and he's sitting outside staring at the stars again smoking a cigarette she of course she goes smoking a cigarette she comes up and she's like i'm saying nothing and he's like i'm saying nothing too and while they're talking uh, across the water you see Ben Gazzara and he's got his old wrinkled graying penis out cuz he's, <laughs> he's watching them
0: he's watching them sitting him. in the shadows on his front porch that's right cuz it turns out cuz it turns out he had a thing cuz they her. start fucking again yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: he whatever That's that's
0: some of the the exposition that Jeff Healy gives to Dalton. He says, Mm -hmm. says, I hear you've been going out with uh, Dr. Elizabeth Clay. You know who else had a thing for her? Brad Wesley. And I'll have some more information in a little while. But that's all I'm going to tell you for now.
1: (laughs) Anyway, she starts riding him like a donkey, and he's watching it. And you're like, oh, no. Then the next morning, Grandpa Santa Claus is loading stuff out of the truck, and he's like, is there a girl in your room? And he's like, yeah. He's like, how long are you going to be out? And he's like, why do you (laughs) want (laughs) to know?
0: I'm coming right back. Don't go up in my room.
1: (laughs) Nope. No reason. No reason. Okay. Go back to the bar. Um, He talks to the... That's when he finds out, right? We find out after the fact. He goes up and he talks to the the singer. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it turns out Brad brad wesley really liked her yeah and nothing that's it happened. he just
0: really liked her
1: apparently he told everyone in town
0: <laughs> that he really liked her that
1: he really liked because you know her, brad seems brad happened.
0: seems like the kind of guy when he likes a girl he just can't keep it to himself he's just gushing all over everybody about it you know mm-hmm. like a little kid like a like a, a, a kid and, in high school who's fallen in love
1: right and then wade rides up on his motorcycle
0: yeah and he said he, he he takes off yeah. his sunglasses and he looks up at the name of the establishment and chuckles and says the double douche
1: <laughs> and we we uh, earlier in the movie they had said we're running out of we're running out of liquor and that's yeah. because you know, Wesley controls all the liquor and he said, oh, right. I'll work something out. What does he do? I don't know. He but calls li- somebody
0: on the He knows somebody. Sure. He calls somebody on the phone, yeah.
1: The liquor sh- truck shows up and, oh no, bad guys have shown up, right? Yeah. And they're like, we're gonna destroy all this liquor. And, and uh, uh, what's-his-name comes up, and what's-his-name? Dalton yeah, comes up. Wade. And Dalton, and yeah. And I love this. As the other guys are fighting, one dude is just hurriedly chucking liquor off of the loading dock.
0: <laughs> yes, you're not going to serve any of this.
1: And then, uh-oh, they've got Dalton, and they were going to... And Wade shows up and he beats the shit out of everybody. And one guy goes in a trash can. Another guy, I I, I think um, Tubby goes off the side. And then yeah, and then they're like, hey, we see each other. And then someone says, you know who that is? And and they go, yeah, that's Wade Garrett. And then they're like, holy shit! I thought it was a myth or something like that.
0: The other famous bouncer. Mm-hmm.
1: And then. Dalton's like, "Hey, I got a girlfriend." And he's like, "No, you don't." And he's like, "I'll prove it." And he goes, "I <laughs> guess she lives in Canada." Yeah. <laughs> and he he picks her up from the hospital and then they go to a bar and they dance together. Doug, Garrett Wade and her yeah, dance Wade together. Yeah, Wade and her dance
0: together. Yeah. To a George Strait song. Mm-hmm.
1: And then they go to a diner and they've they've been up all night long and Dalton's tired and then he's He's like, someone said earlier in the movie, Dalton killed a guy.
0: He ripped he's, his throat out. He
1: ripped his throat out. And and Wade's like, you're thinking about that guy. You've got to stop thinking about that guy. Murdering people's no big deal. Here, watch this. And he kills the waiter. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not even thinking about it now. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure what I just did.
0: I'm over it already.
1: You need to get over it, too. And he, and then she has to leave and go bye-bye. And now it's the next night. Yep. And then we're back at the roadhouse again. And everyone's having fun, but then Red's place goes kablooey. Uh oh. And it explodes. And the fire people show up and they go back in the bar. And who's in the bar? Brad Wesley. And Brad Wesley's like, It's too bad about that place. And now my girlfriend is going to do a strip tease. Why? I don't know. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Why is because this I happening? So. No. Why is this <clears throat> happening in the movie? Why is it that the girl that has been kind of hitting on him all of a sudden needs to do a striptease? She doesn't. It's a long scene.
0: It's a long scene, yeah, and she, she takes her dress down, and then she grabs somebody's hat, and then she takes the hat off and puts it on Dalton, and then Dalton uh, takes her down off the table and passes her back to Wesley and says something disparaging, like, if you're going to have a pet, keep it on a leash. Ooh. And Wesley's like, oh, how dare you, sir?
1: And, and she's upset. Yeah, and then they're going like to have that. a fight and the, and yeah. his b- bouncers are like can we do it and he's like yeah sure go ahead and then Jimmy grabs a pool cue and he he knows super karate moves yeah
0: and he beats everybody up and then he he, he does a big flip like a pole vault off of the fucking stage That's and right. whips that pool cue around and he says to and it looks like he's going to beckon to Dalton that he wants Dalton but he doesn't <laughs> he turns to Wade Garrett and he says come on old man I want you so
1: That's right they and have then a fight. they fight and then it stops and then he leaves, right? Yes. The well, yeah, I think, I think
0: Brad, Brad shoots a gun, and he's like, this is, I've had it, this is enough, and then they leave. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we go back to Red's house, and it turns out that Red is the uncle of Doctor Lady.
0: That's right. Small town.
1: The other business owners are there and they're going like, who's going to stand up to him? And they're like, not me. And they're all like, oh, no. And then they go. So then Dalton and Dr. Lady are driving through town. And Brad is talking to one of the guys that met at the house and he owns a car dealership. Yeah. And earlier we established that one of the guys just drives around in a monster truck.
0: That's right. Yeah. He drives around and I think it's literally like a Bigfoot.
1: And now yeah. we know who this movie is for. Monster Truck Enthusiasts. <laughs>
0: That's right!
1: <laughs> because then he drives his monster truck through the guy's place, and he's like, oh, no. And then Dalton goes, and he beats up something in the barn, and Wade is like, what? You? Sh- we should leave.
0: We, he, yeah, we Yeah, Wade tells him, let's just go. Like, you don't need this. Let's just go somewhere else. And Dalton's like, I'm not
1: leaving. Mm-hmm. So... And then, then Dr. Girlfriend comes by, and she's saying, why do you have to do this, right?
0: Right. And we have, to me, one of the great scenes in cinema history. Why? <clears throat> when Dalton explains to her, Brad Wesley picked me, and when he did, he fucked up.
1: How? What happened? Because,
0: because I'm only good at one thing, Doc. I never lose. Never.
1: Great. It's so great to see eighties um philosophy in, yeah. in a movie. It's great. I never and, lose.
0: And then she says, You think you can save this town from Brad Wesley? Well who's gonna save up from you? And right as soon as she says that mm-hmm. Emmett's farmhouse blows up
1: Emmett's house blows up they run out there they grab Emmett he's wearing an embarrassing uh, long pajamas
0: (laughs) he's wearing like long johns from the 1890s
1: (laughs) he's fine though He's yeah, the, the,
0: the explosion and fire didn't harm him at all, thankfully.
1: They cut to Ben Gazzaro, who's watching it, right?
0: Yeah, and don't forget Jimmy, who is the culprit, mm-hmm. riding away on his motorcycle and pausing in front of the burning house to deliver mm-hmm. a perfect evil laugh. Right. And then drive But he away doesn't again. go
1: far, does he?
0: No, because Dalton catches up to him and tackles him, and then they have their epic fight that we've referenced that took him five days to film.
1: It took him five days to film, and what happens? What does Dalton do?
0: Well, Jimmy, eventually, after a stalemate, Jimmy pulls a gun on Dalton and says, I'm going to kill you the old-fashioned way.
1: <laughs> Which is what happened to Dalton last time but, he killed the
0: right, dude. Right, right. And Dalton, thus threatened, does what Dalton does, and he disarms Jimmy and rips his throat out.
1: He disarms Jimmy and then rips his throat out.
0: He disarms him and then rips his throat out, yes.
1: So he takes away the threat. Yes. And then kills him.
0: And then rips his throat out.
1: Yes. And then throws his body in the river.
0: Yes. And screams, Wesley! Dr. Girlfriend, you.
1: who has yeah. witnessed her boyfriend murder someone, then yes. says, ah, and runs away. Right? That's
0: right. Yes.
1: The next morning, the police arrive. And they're like, time for you to go. Oh,
0: no, no, actually, that <laughs> never happens. And they arrest happens.
1: him, and they book him, and they ask him, did he have the gun in his hand at the time that you ripped his throat out? And he says, I can never lose. And they <laughs> said, that's not the question we asked you. We asked you, did he have the gun in his hand when you killed him? I don't know. No, and then, that then he rips out happen. the
0: cop's throat. No, nothing, yeah. like, not, nothing like that happens. There are no police in this movie at all until the very end.
1: So then Dalton goes back to the bar like nothing happened. Well, he got to work. Sure. And and Ben Gazzar calls him and he says, hey, who do you want to live and who do you want to die? Do you want Wade to live or do you want Dr. Girlfriend to live? And he's like, well, Dr. Girlfriend's pretty pissed off at me right now. So I don't know. Wade's lived a pretty good life. He's old. <laughs> his, Let's his do him. Let's out. do him. Yeah. But he doesn't answer, right? Ben no, Gazzar no. flips a coin and doesn't tell him. And then later, Wade shows up. Well, first he tries to get, doesn't he? No. First, Wade shows up. No, not yet. Wade shows up, and he's beaten up. up. And he's like, I'll just stay here and drink. Leave me here all by myself. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Then he goes to Dr. Girlfriend, and he's like, Dr. Girlfriend, please. we got to run away. And she's like, I hate you. I hate you. You're a murderer, and I hate you. And he's like, okay. And so then he drives (laughs) back to the bar, and guess what? His friend's sleeping on the bar, right?
0: Just to sleep. No, this is when we get the real acting tour de force from Swayze. When, oh, sure. So he rolls him. He rolls Wade over. And of course, Wade has been stabbed in the chest, and he's dead. Right. And Dalton pulls the knife out of his dead friend's chest. But before that happens, we get this amazing acting performance from Swayze. Sure. Where he, he cries and grunts and groans and grabs uh, the knife and makes all kinds it. of incredible noises.
1: Seen it. He did it in Red Dawn. Seen it before.
0: And pulls <laughs> the knife out. <laughs> And Cut then he, and we, we see him yeah. marching. He marches back out to his car with the knife in his hand, and oh boy, he's looking for trouble now.
1: Yeah. Cut back to Ben Gazar's place, and they see his car coming. They all run out to meet the car and start shooting at it. The car barrels through a fence, and then somehow, don't ask me how it did it, jumping over a brick wall. How yep. did it do it? Dunno. Just did it. It flips Movie over magic. And it, and it explodes. They run up, and they pull Dalton's... Cooked to a turn body, and they go, Yeehaw, barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. He's not in no. it. What a surprise. And then Dalton kills everybody. <laughs> he sure
0: does. He kills every last goddamn one of them, except for uh, Tinker, the fat guy. He doesn't kill him. He just pushes a, a big stuffed bear on top of him.
1: Yeah, he pushes a polar bear on him. He does a fucking abbot... <laughs> Yes. He does a Lou Abbott reaction where he literally goes. <laughs> and now we get the epic fight between an old man and Dalton, who, who has just been killed. shot. He's been Dalton? shot. He's hiding Dalton in his been trophy been room. Shot. Yeah. The trophy we've never seen before, and yeah. they fight, and they fight, and they fight, and he disarms him, and then he he has a he has a and he shoots Dalton in the shoulder. Oh no! And now he's got a spear, and he's gonna he's gonna uh, spear him. But then they fight some more, and now Dalton has him pinned on the couch, and they're both breathing heavy, and they're sweaty, and he lifts up his hand in the claw formation, cause he's gonna rip his throat yeah. out. But for some reason, after having murdered everyone, the one guy who needs to have his throat ripped out, he doesn't do, right?
0: No, he he decides to show him mercy.
1: And Dr. Girlfriend somehow knows he's there and runs up and she's like, And then Bengazar gets up, he's got a gun, and he's like, I'm gonna shoot you (laughs) now! And he just raises his arm, he's gonna shoot him, and he gets shot.
0: Yep. Who shot him? I think Red shot him the first time, but it turns out like all That's of the right. business owners who were at that meeting earlier, they've all shown up with guns. They've all Red, shown up. Red and shoots they... him. The, the car lot owner shoots him. Tillman shoots him. So, That's yeah.
1: right. The dog catcher shoots him. The dog catcher. One of the stuffed animals shoots him. Everybody yeah, the, shoots the, the,
0: him. The stuffed polar bear has a gun.
1: That's right. Meanwhile, f- Flabby gigantic Cheeks, he wakes up, just as the cops arrive and the cops run in, and they go, "Who witnessed this?" Because they see Ben Gazar's body is all—he's dead now.
0: He's super dead.
1: And despite the fact that there is someone who is bleeding, <laughs> well, first of all, when they hear the cops, one of them grabs all the guns. I think it is grandpa. Right. grandpa. Grandpa and just, Santa. Just yeah,
0: and just like throws him in a hole somewhere. Like
1: he throws him <laughs> into bottomless pit that he also he throws has him
0: into the bottomless pit. <laughs>
1: And they run up and they say, who witnessed this? And the, the car dealership dude says, I didn't. I just happened to be here. And then they turn to a uh, bar owner and he goes, I didn't. And then they ask grandpa and he's like, I- I'm blind. And then they turn, then they turned t- to Tinky Winky and they say, hey, did you see anything? And he looks around and he's, and what does he say, Steve?
0: He says, I didn't see anything.
1: And then they turn to the man who's been shot, <laughs> who's bleeding, and they say nothing. And then the cop goes, Case, dismissed. <laughs> and someone says, you can't do that. You're not a judge. And I I said, Case, I, I'm, I'm dusting my hands.
0: I said, good day, sir.
1: Cut back to the bar, and uh, they're singing. Yeah, the He's, band's playing. That's right. And then we cut to a lake and there's more nudity as Dalton and Dr. Girlfriend kiss because Dr. Girlfriend got over the whole murdering one guy. She had to have walked past eight bodies to get to him when he was when he was in Wesley's home. And she's like, probably not him, probably not him. Probably not him. No, it's fine. He, did, he just discovered these bodies. It's Probably not him. It was
0: like this when he got here.
1: But I forgive him for not killing the guy who needed to be killed. It's fine. He's he's not a monster. Who's going to... Remember when I screamed, who's going to protect the town from you? That, I'm over that. Because now we're naked, getting diseases in this green lake. Oh, in this by the fucking way,
0: watering hole. <laughs> don't know
1: who extracted the bullet from his body, or if he's sewed up because he seems perfectly fine right? Right. Cut back (laughs) and the credits. Yep, that's the the credits are here.
0: That's the end of the movie.
1: That's right. That's right. You can see Keith David storming off the set and
0: (laughs) only after he saw the final cut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then the movie's over.
0: That's correct. Steve? Yes, my friend.
1: Why? (laughs) Why? Why do you love this? I need to know, Steve. <laughs> uh, yes. <clears throat> Alright. Like okay. I said before, okay. I, yeah. I get I get Superman returns. I get it. Sure. Superman.
0: You love Superman. Sure of course. Superman.
1: I get I get Hulk. Yeah. Kinda. I kinda get Hulk. You kinda get it. I kinda get it. That's 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 not I get He Man. Boy, do I get cool. your love of He Man so much more than Roadhouse. <laughs> okay. Sure. If you are gonna come up with some weird stories like the first, I lost my virginity to Roadhouse. I get that. If you were like, if you are like, I went to a winter drive-in movie with my first girlfriend, and they were they were showing the best of Patrick Swayze, and you know, I did it. <laughs> you have to, you know, I did it. We did the thing.
0: We did the. We committed the act.
1: That's right. And I orgasmed when he said, "Pain don't hurt." Then I will get that. I will understand that, Steve. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you feel.
0: Okay.
1: About roadhouse
0: i mean it's difficult for me to describe how much i love this movie okay i love this movie so much now it's not the best movie i've ever seen obviously so and far, I, that's the
1: what not the why
0: and i i don't think i would e- i'm going to the why i'll t- i'm okay. going to cover the why i wouldn't even honestly say that it's my favorite movie But it is one of the most thoroughly delightful movies I've ever seen. (sighs) And and here's the thing. I used to struggle with why I liked it or with what I thought it was that I liked so much. Okay. And I would ask myself, what is this? (laughs) Is it camp? Is it comedy? Is it so bad it's good? Or is it just good? Because here's Uh the thing. The, the main the, the, here's the if you want the blanket explanation for why I like it so much, sure. because I because it's funny. That's okay. if I if I boil it down to the simplest reason without with no further explanation, it's because it's funny. Um, it's so funny in such a particular way. And a major part of its appeal lies in the fact that it's not immediately obvious whether it is intentionally funny or accidentally funny. And I'm still not sure, it's but I, th- really funny. No, I think I have, I have gone back and forth. I think it's probably intentionally funny. Okay. I, I, think, I think that it is this way on purpose. And, and I could be wrong, and you, I'm sure you seem like you would disagree. But the reason I say that is that these filmmakers obviously know what they're doing in a few key areas. Um, and I know that you will scoff when I say this but I think this is a well-written film. Um, Characters and situations are established clearly and quickly.
1: I'm stopping this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's not a ton of exposition. The plot moves along at a nice pace. It doesn't drag. The action escalates steadily right up to the end. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the script. It is ludicrous. The script and the story of this movie are absolutely fucking ludicrous. They're absurd, it's absurd. Nothing about the film is remotely plausible or realistic, but I think it's well put together absurdity. Um, There are lots of fight scenes in the movie. They're all different. They're all well choreographed. They all have their own internal logic and storytelling, so they aren't just people trading punches and kicks until somebody wins. Um, The moment when Dalton rips out Jimmy's throat is hysterically, deliriously ridiculous. I actually applauded when I watched it last night. Oh, my God. I applauded when he ripped out Jimmy's throat. I was so goddamn delighted. But... It's also the payoff to something that has been set up earlier when that's that scene with with Dalton and when they're talking with Wade, you know, where we, we well, first we've, we've heard the legend that Dalton ripped a guy's throat out once. And some of the characters are skeptical about that. And then when he's having that talk with Wade in the diner, we hear a little bit more. And the the reason that he killed that guy was because he had a gun pulled on him. Uh, Uh, so Jimmy pulls a gun on Dalton and Dalton does what Dalton does. You know, he, he, he ends that fight the same way he apparently ended that one in his past by ripping a big old hole in Jimmy's neck. That's just what happens when you pull a gun on Dalton. Um, I love the fact that the movie takes place in this bizarre alternate universe where bouncers are celebrities known by name across the country where everybody just knows who Dalton is. Like fucking Tillman comes to the to the bar at the beginning of the movie to hire Dalton to be the bouncer at his bar because he knows that Dalton is the best in the business. And then when Dalton counters and says, actually, Wade Garrett is the best, Tillman knows who that is too. And he's like, yeah, but Wade Garrett's getting old. He even knows a fact about Wade Garrett. There are these famous, who the fuck knows who a bouncer is in the real world? It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I love that in this fantasy universe, people can indulge in massive, destructive, free-for-all brawls and even murder each other with no interference from the police whatsoever until the end, of course. Um, and I love, and this is something I think we talked about when we did the karate kid, something I loved about the karate kid and something that I love about a lot of these cheesy 1980s action movies. It's one of the key ingredients to me, um, that makes them work. The stakes are incredibly low. There's nothing at stake here. It's Ben Gazzara is the rich guy in town. What does he brag about? What are, his, what, are, what are his totems of power that he tries to throw in Dalton's face to show that he is the guy in charge of this town?
1: His girlfriend's I'm the one, tits.
0: His girlfriend's tits, sure, but in terms of his, his, his wealth and his power... I'm the one who brought J.C. Penny here. J.C. Uh. Penny's here because of me. Oh wow, no shit.
1: Correction. You know, J.C. Penny is coming here. That's right. It's J. not here yet. J.C. Penny's coming here because of
0: me. I mean, but these are like his. The, the stakes could not be lower, and it escalates so quickly to violence and murder between these people who are fighting over nothing. They're fighting over who controls this patch of fucking dirt in the middle of Missouri, and they're willing to kill each other over it. Mm -hmm. Um, And Patrick Swayze is perfectly suited to play a hero in this bizarre, strange, upside down, hilarious world. Um, I think I said when when we reviewed Dirty Dancing, I think he's one of the most appealing actors I've ever seen. He has just a natural charisma and screen presence, and I just, you like him from the moment you see him. Um, And he makes a very unique action star because he has the build and the bearing of a dancer He's in amazing shape, but he doesn't look intimidating. Like he doesn't seem like a badass when you first look at him. You wouldn't necessarily be afraid of him if you just happened to run into him. And yet he's totally credible in this movie as an unbeatable badass. He's cool, he's confident, he nails all of these fight scenes, and probably most importantly, he knows exactly what to do with this ridiculous character and this ridiculous dialogue. He says that line to Doc in the hospital. Nobody ever wins a fight like he fucking means it. It's the most insane fucking line. Why would any human being say that? How could any human being say that and expect to be taken seriously? But he well, says He's a it.
1: man of violence who doesn't believe in violence.
0: He's a man of violence. He's a man of he's a character of deep contradictions. Right. Um this movie was released in 1989, and in a lot of ways, I see it as a capstone to that decade of cheesy action movies. Arguably, the 80s was the best decade for cheesy action movies. Um, Big Trouble in Little China, Remo Williams, Cobra.
1: Oh, God, you had to um, bring up Remo Williams.
0: <laughs> any oh God. Any number of Chuck Norris movies. I'm actually partial to Lone Wolf McQuaid myself. I um, know. Which I, by the way, I watched that last night after I finished Roadhouse. I watched Lone Wolf Good for, for you, so at least I, someone I, I, did. I was like, I was like, I need to see Chuck Norris drive his buried truck out of the hole, and I, I did. had to go and, and
1: I, shout into my bathroom toilet.
0: <laughs> well, you you know what you you did that. I watched uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, so we both good. had a good night. Um, yeah,
1: oh, yeah, it was great.
0: All of these movies, all of these movies, are reminiscent of Roadhouse yet all somehow less than Roadhouse. They're they're like the Old Testament prophets who were pointing to the coming Messiah. And that Messiah arrived in 1989, the Messiah of the cheesy 80s action movies, and it was Roadhouse. And the Messiah has great hair and throws a mean kick.
1: But we still have point break to look forward to. That's
0: true, but that's the 90s, buddy. Okay, fine. That's the early 90s. The Roadhouse was 89. And he's strong enough to fuck a full-grown woman against a wall all goddamn night. And tire her out, as you pointed out, that she actually had to go to sleep afterwards.
1: Yep. Um, briefly,
0: briefly, just long. She, enough.
1: Had, she had to heal, and then they yeah. could fuck again on the roof. Of course, of course.
0: He's here to preach it, his. Go- he's here to preach his gospel, which is a gospel that he sums up perfectly in that last commandment that he gives to his disciples: be nice. Until it's time to not be nice.
1: I feel my soul dying. So,
0: it, that's my point. Look, I don't, I'm not, look, I don't know for sure if it is this way on purpose. I kind of think it is, but even if it's not, if it's camp, if it's comedy, whatever it is, I find it delightful. And I watch it and I laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and I feel good. Well, so, I'm glad
1: that you're laughing at it.
0: I'm laughing, yes. So that is that is my because to if this explain, had been
1: I think this has a lot to say about X, I no, no, I would have has, stormed away from this fucking me, microphone. Let, <laughs> no, let
0: me make this let me make this absolutely clear. I don't think the movie has anything remotely important to say about anything. I think the movie is a brilliantly funny popcorn movie. Whether it is brilliantly funny on purpose or because it's accidentally that way, I, I don't know. Like I said, I think it's—I I see enough evidence when I watch it to suggest that it was—it was intentional that it was—that it was that there's some self-awareness. Um, but even if it's not, I find it hilarious, and that is the main appeal. I just—it—it it makes me smile, it makes me laugh, it makes me happy when I watch it because mm-hmm. it is—it is sublimely ridiculous. So there okay. you go. That's that's my that's my two cents.
1: Once upon a time in Hollywood, some executives got together and said, "We need to make a movie for goobers." <laughs> you know, the guys that like to drink beer. They like monster trucks. They like explosions. They like people fighting, and most importantly of all, they like tits. <coughs> they don't like women. They like no. tits. Yeah. They like fucking, but they still don't like women. And they went, great. And two people cobbled together a script to appeal, I think, to that audience. And then they filmed it. Then they got Patrick Swayze, which was great, who did his best with what material he was given. I mean, kind of stoic. Man of principles, I guess. <laughs> a dark past where he killed a dude, but it was totally justified. Sure. He had, he's best friends with a dude who only because of Sam Elliott's performance will you ever believe that they were ever friends, ever. Only Sam Elliott could say a line like, I learned as much from you as you did from me. (laughs) (laughs) But the script that they cobbled together was gross. It was just gross. It was just a gross script. I think that this is an... I mean, you said regardless of intent, you found it funny. I didn't find it funny. I just found it kind of... Gross! I didn't feel good watching it. I didn't feel... It was like, hey, great, we're sitting down, we're going to watch this 80s film, let's see how 80s it can be. It's got plenty of 80s stuff in it, that's for damn sure. Mm -hmm. Right? This kind of, hey, let's denigrate people who live in rural parts of the country by presenting them as violent booby-grabbers and once the once this roadhouse gets up to up to speed it's filled with boring white wasps because that's what everyone wants Okay, who's our main character? Our main character is a cooler. We don't call him a bouncer. He's a cooler. No, he's a cooler. And they're, like, and they're like, all right, awesome. Okay, so what kind of guy is he? Well, he's got to be rich. Why? Because it's the 1980s. Everybody has to be rich. In order to demonstrate that he's successful, we have to take this job where there is no school for it, and he's got he's to be rich. How do we show that? Oh, he has he owns a Mercedes. Oh, okay, and he wears cool suits all the time oh, okay, and he's kind of like Batman, he's covered with scars, oh, okay, but he's got to not like his job, right, because he's got to like it, but not like it, he's, he's got to be a man whose job boils down to using violence to expel violent people from a place, but he doesn't like violence, right, that'll make him deep, and they're like, I guess, to someone with a 75 IQ, that's great. Now, if I was approaching this thinking that they were intentionally doing this as satire or they were intentionally making the script funny, I would probably be laughing. But when I watched this movie, I watched a studio make a movie, uh, you know, an action movie, and they they grabbed whatever lazy tropes they could. Who's the bad guy? He's the rich guy in town. Is he a mob boss? Not really. No, but he acts like one. I guess. I don't know. I mean... He collects, he collects protection money from everybody, and he controls the liquor in and out of town, and he has all the politicians in his pockets, as well as the police and the sheriff. One of them, one character literally says, let's go to the FBI. I know somebody who can get us in contact with the FBI. And I went, wow, someone with a good idea. When, why aren't we doing that? And it's just glossed over. They're like, nah. And we can like, handle okay, this ourselves. Well, let's hope that somebody, preferably someone new in town, just doesn't loses shit and murder a whole bunch of people at the end <laughs> I couldn't take the, I couldn't couldn't take the Dalton character terribly seriously I couldn't really take the town or the situation terribly seriously. I couldn't take anything very seriously. And I was kind of pulled out of the movie and I was just watching it going, who was this made for and why is it this way? Who is it made for and why is it this way? Because I don't believe that they were making a joke. I think they were being lazy. Hey, Steve. (laughs) Yes. You remember Rowdy Harrington? Yes, the director. The director? Do you know how many movies he made before this?
0: I don't actually know.
1: One in 1988 called Jack's Back. It's about twin brothers investigating a copycat killer who's copycatting Jack the Ripper's murders.
0: Ooh, that's clever.
1: Do you know what his job on a movie before that was?
0: (laughs) I, I don't. What was it?
1: He was a gaffer. On night flyers.
0: That's good, honest work.
1: (laughs) Was it? I didn't realize you could go from gaffer to director. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently you can. Quickly. He had no experience. They said, oh, he's made one movie. Let's give it to him. He'll be cheap, right? He'll be cheap. We'll be able to give him this movie. It won't cost us a shit ton of, a shit zillion dollars to make. And I don't think anyone went over the script and said, there's a lot of tits in this. I don't care. (laughs) The the doctor girlfriend. What's her What's her arc? What's an arc? <laughs> what's Dalton's arc? What you keep saying arc arc? What? This isn't the Bible. There's not a boat with animals in it. Why do you keep saying arc?
0: There aren't any arcs. This takes place in modern times.
1: What is What does Dalton learn? Um, that he can kill more than one person. <laughs> And be okay at the end? (laughs) I guess. I guess that, that could be it. What about his friend Wade? What does he accomplish? Nothing. Nothing. He helps out in a fight, and then he's there to argue some backstory shit with Dalton, and then he serves his fucking purpose, and they stab him in the chest with a knife, and he's dead. Which can then... They fridge him. They yep, fridge him. They, totally they could have fridged the girlfriend, but who would be naked in that lake at the end of the movie if she's dead? I guess he could be swimming around with her dead body, and it'd be a creepy, weird <laughs> ending that makes you go, what did I watch? What was this? But no, they kill, they kill Wade, because... He he needs to be fridged so he can be motivated to actually do something through the whole movie he's all about don't get provoked right stuff right. insults whatever slide off his back he doesn't care he's not going to get provoked because he's a violent man that doesn't like violence got it right and all this shit is happening he stands there and watches as a man's business is destroyed right in front of him two times he sees it and he's like, well, that's, that's unfortunate, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but they needed to give him something, some kind of motivation. So they said, okay, we'll kill, we'll kill him. And then you will go and you'll you murder everybody. And then, and then you won't kill the main guy because that will mean you learn that you don't have to kill after killing everybody. You kill everybody, but then you go, oh, well, this is wrong. I shouldn't kill the main <laughs> guy at this point. So, the doctor girlfriend can see that you're merciful or something. No thought was put into this. I mean, they had, a, uh, they had dialogue, right? They had dialogue. They did. But for yeah. me, for me, for me, in order for me to be able to laugh at a movie, I need the people who wrote the script. To be so terrible that the script doesn't make sense, that people don't say things that human beings say, that they don't have—they have weird motivations, right? I'm going back to one of the reasons why, you know, uh, the the bad movies that we love, and I and 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 uh, granted have. Serious subject matter, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least what they think of as serious subject matter. But the way they're displaying it, it was with bizarre dialogue and weird motivations because they don't know how people work and they don't know how dialogue works. And you know, it. it I, you know who I'm thinking about.
0: I don't. Are have you thinking? Are you, are, you, are you are you thinking of Neil Breen?
1: Yes. <laughs> Neil Breen is a master of this. He is so yes. he is so not aware of his limitations and he's bringing up Not stuff like corporate greed and all this stuff but he's such a he has such a messianic complex that he keeps making himself the savior in every single movie you have lines like we at the bank <laughs> We at the bank have been stealing money from everyone for years, and it ends with them pulling a gun up to to kill themselves, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's funny because it's obviously so off-kilter, but this movie isn't off-kilter enough. I've seen plenty of other movies at around this time where they're kind of doing the same thing, where they take this job, they get people who barely know anything about it to do a tiny bit of research, they read, they write a competent script and they put it out there, and I'm glad that Steve sees the humor in it, but I, it didn't make me laugh. I just sat there going, this is gross. The second time I saw a woman treated like me to titillate the audience, I was like, "Ugh, I don't want to sit through this again." And I that wasn't going to be the last time that I see that. It's <laughs> no. like it just keeps happening. Oh, now there's a girl being fucked from behind in a storeroom. Oh, now now Ben Gazar's girlfriend is doing a strip tease. Why? I don't know. If this had been a worse script and had lower production values, I might have laughed my way through it going, "This doesn't belong here." But it's in there anyway. Is is are the performances bad? Nope, not at all. I like Red. I like Grandpa Santa Claus. Yeah. I like most of the characters except Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> I found him boring. I found Dalton boring. I felt that he he had this kind of arrogant. Um, It's not bravado, but, you know, this kind of arrogant self-confidence that you saw in a lot of the 80s movies. Doesn't talk a lot, knows everything, looks about 27. (laughs) (laughs) And I just found him to be arrogant at the beginning, clueless in the middle, like not wanting to act. Like, not saying, I gotta do something about this. Just kind of witnessing a whole bunch of fucking crimes and just like, meh, meh, I don't, meh. You know, I don't like Dr. Girlfriend. They have insta-relationship. They have insta-relationship, don't they, Steve? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure.
0: They meet, like, once, and then they meet one more once. time, and it's like their boyfriend-girlfriend, yeah.
1: And then it's Fuck City, USA. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, if I don't, if I can't get... I Even in, even if this was a satire or a comedy, I would have to get behind the main character just a little bit. And I found him to be a relatively humorless fuck. He laughs a couple of times when he's with Doctor Girlfriend, but for the rest of the time, I don't care about his pain. I don't care about his background. I don't give a shit that. I okay. There was one thing that I did laugh at. You ready? Okay. Yeah, ready? I, I, I'm ready. After he tears out Jimmy's Jimmy's throat, and Doctor Girlfriend runs off, his solution is to go back into the river and push Jimmy's body out into the river. And what is he screaming, Steve? <laughs> Wesley. That's right. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> And I'm like, what a comeback. Oh, uh, yeah. Way to go. And I knew nothing was going to happen. I knew no co- I was sitting there going, You just killed a man. I knew there was going to be no repercussions. I knew no. the cops weren't going to show up. I knew Perfect. nothing was going to happen. And when I start predicting things, because I've never seen this movie before, but I know, oh, Ed's going to die. And then he's going to be Sad Face. Then he'll be Angry Face. And then, more than likely, he and Dr. Girlfriend are going to fuck. Didn't know it was going to be in a lake. I did laugh at that. I thought that was... (laughs) But I laughed at it, not because I thought they were doing it on purpose. I was laughing at that part, at that point... Because it was like, Jesus Christ, they were really just, they didn't care. They didn't, there was no love or effort put into this movie. There was no, there was no one desperate to tell a story. It was, we're going, we want to make a movie about a roadhouse where guys beat people up. Great, we'll write a script and we'll give it to a nobody to direct it. And we'll throw whoever, whatever else talent we need at it. And that was it. So I don't recommend it. I I love Steve for loving it. It's another one of those things that makes, make th- that endears Steve to me because he <laughs> knows I have the same peculiarities. But I didn't see it when it came out because I wasn't interested. haven't been interested my entire life. And I'm glad I finally saw it so now I can hate it for real. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, happy birthday!
0: Oh, thank you, man. I'm, I'm sorry glad you, you got didn't...
1: to do something that you love.
0: I'm sorry you didn't like it.
1: It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. I don't. I don't hate it. Hate it. I just right. found it. Just found it kind of icky. I felt icky watching it. Yeah. And so I especially felt icky while I watched Keith David languish in the background. And like, you have like, could you imagine this movie if Keith David had been the cooler? It was very go different. The yeah. South. Oh, it would have been so great. He would have used motherfuckers like a goddamn artist. (laughs) (laughs) But nope. So, Steve. Yes. Now it's time for you to not recommend something. That's right. What are you going to not recommend?
0: Well, you know, actually, we run into the same situation that we did when we did Dirty Dancing, which is that, you know, even though I love Patrick Swayze, I have to... (laughs) acknowledge that he made some pretty lousy movies yes he did so for this not recommendation i'm gonna roll the clock all the way back i'm gonna take you to 10 years before roadhouse Uh uh-huh 1979
1: yeah when he was only 50
0: for when he was only 50 (laughs) for patrick swayze's first starring role in a film it's a 1979 musical, not just any musical, a disco musical.
1: Of course, of course.
0: And it's called Skate Town, USA.
1: USA. Oh,
0: Steve. And listen to this cast. In addition to Patrick Swayze in his big screen debut, you've got Scott Baio. Oh my God. You've got Maureen McCormick. Oh dear, fuck. You've got the legendary Ruth Buzzy comedy gold comedy mm. gold you've got speak you've got flip wilson mm-hmm. you've got billy fucking Barty. <laughs> and of course it
1: wasn't it why aren't we talking about this film now i don't and, understand
0: and of course future playmate of the year and don't ask about what happened after that dorothy stratton
1: Ooh, you had to bring her up
0: so big time cast big time cast Um, And it's about a rivalry that develops between two skaters at a roller disco, and Mm -hmm. they become rivals, but then eventually they become friends. Great. I've probably described it enough at this point that I don't need to tell you that it's a terrible movie. It's a very bad movie um i do kind of get a kick out of it like i do sort of i i can watch oh it and kind god, of en- you're,
1: you can't be helped you can't kind be of enjoy
0: helped. it but not not nearly oh my it is god not, Steve! It is, it is not it is not nearly nearly in the same stratosphere as roadhouse i just but yeah it's not a good movie um okay and once again not recommending. i hope
1: that i hope the mic picked up the toilet flushing just i hope no. so
0: too i hope so too not recommending it but there it is, Patrick Swayze's big screen debut Yay! as uh, as Ace Johnson in okay. Skate Town USA. There you go.
1: Great. Can I do my recommend now, please? I would
0: love it if you would do your recommend now.
1: Hey, guys, as you know, I like to recommend a movie from the same years that we just reviewed, and it's 1989. And I was looking, there were so many movies that I could have recommended oh boy, that yeah. were kind of tangentially related I almost recommended Drugstore Cowboy so that uh, Kelly Lynch could wash the stench of this movie (laughs) off of her where she actually delivered a fantastic performance in a movie one of Gus Van Zandt's first movies but I decided no I want something closer I want some action in it so I had to go to China Oh boy. the movie that I'm going to recommend is The Killer (gasps) directed by John Woo starring Chow Yun-Fat and Danny Lee. Go see it Great not, if you movie. haven't seen it, go see it. It is a great action movie. Chow Yun-fat is so goddamn good in that movie.
0: He is such an amazing actor. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a great. He's, he's just he's a great action star, but he's god such an amazing actor.
1: Mm-hmm. Go see it. It's great. It has all of. It's like the proto. Well, I wouldn't say the proto, but I mean, it's like all the hallmarks that you know for John Woo: doves, <laughs>
0: yes, slow motion,
1: slow motion, all of that's in this movie. But you can watch it, secure in the knowledge that this is like the first one. This is like the one, right? This is the John Woo movie where even people in Hollywood went, what? Yeah, and and really started paying attention to him. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. The Killer, Steve. Yes. Do you know what time? time?
0: <laughs> Do you know what time it is?
1: What? No, what is it? Is it come up its time? I didn't agree to that. <laughs> it's
0: not. No, you know what, man, nothing personal. I know you didn't like Roadhouse, but I'm not going to take it out on you. I get it, man. Okay. I get it. This is about okay. your birthday because this was about my birthday and now the next yes. show is going to be about your birthday. So now it's Yay. It's time for you, Jason.
1: Yes. To,
0: to make a choice that is only terrible because we can only watch one of these movies. That's, That's why right. it's terrible. That's I why I had it's to terrible. send you
1: a list of movies. You sent,
0: pick, me a, you sent me a yeah. list of movies that, that I could use. As you
1: guys know, now is the time where usually Steve picks the next movie we're going to review. But because it's my birthday, Steve is making me pick a movie to review. So
0: uh, from the list you sent me, I Guess. have chosen three films. Oh, God. I have, a, I have randomly assigned to these films three letters, A, B, and C. Okay. And as I believe you know, it is now your task to choose one of these letters. And then you will have to okay. live with yourself and that choice <laughs> and the results of that choice. So I will tell you nothing okay. else about it at, at this time until you make the choice. So go ahead, Jason. Oh, this A-B-C. is agonizing. How do you
1: do this every two weeks? This is insane. Um, okay, well, I was going to look around in the first letter I see, but I don't believe in writing or literature, so there's <laughs> nothing in here. Um,
0: is there any kind of a shape that is reminiscent of a letter?
1: <laughs> Let's see a shape, a shape shape. I don't know. I'm going to oh, okay. I'm going to I'm going to dead center it. I'm going to say B.
0: B. Interesting. Mm. Okay. The thread shared in common by these three films are that they are yes. all they are all directed by one of your favorite directors, Mr. Terry Gilliam. Yay. Had you chosen A, mm-hmm. we would have watched what some might consider his magnum opus, mm-hmm. Bra- Brazil. Mm. But you didn't. I really
1: want to review that one.
0: But you didn't no. choose A. Mm. That's okay because that's okay because I think Brazil qualifies for our usual show, so we could still do Brazil. Do you sometime. think so? Do you I, think think so. I think Brazil know is movie? considered Brazil? a classic. I think Brazil is considered a classic. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you didn't choose Brazil, so we're not doing Brazil. They did Had you chosen C? Yeah. We would have watched the absolutely delightful Time Bandits. Oh. But you didn't choose C. Mm,
1: we're never gonna review Time Bandits.
0: I know, and it's such a fun movie. But
1: can I change my letter?
0: But <laughs> you chose you chose B.
1: I know what B is.
0: <laughs> because you chose B, we will be watching Instead of Brazil and Instead of Time Bandits. hmm A little film directed by Terry Gilliam.
1: Okay, I'll, you, wait, what, uh,
0: starring Brad Pitt.
1: Oh, thank yes.
0: It's called
1: Te- technically it doesn't really star brad pitt
0: well brad pitt's in it
1: it's the best bruce willis performance that's
0: true bruce willis is the star but brad pitt is in it mm-hmm. yeah it's a little film called 12 monkeys yay Twelve okay. Monkeys! <laughs> so that is what we're doing next time 12 monkeys
1: look at that monkeys dance <laughs>
0: all right. 12 hey, of I'm them bitter. how many monkeys <laughs> is that
1: <laughs> so if you guys want to get all the jokes then please watch Twelve Monkeys before the next time we do this thing. Yay! Happy birthday to B. <laughs> what were the other movies that I sent you? I think the Fisher King was on the there. Fisher
0: King was one. Um, let me let Cabin me Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yes, I, wa- I went with I, I went with those three because I, I wanted it to be all Gilliam. But Cab, Cabin Cabin yeah. in the Woods is I, I that's that's another one I would love to do at some point.
1: And Dread.
0: That's right. The, the 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 recent version with uh, Carl uh-huh. Urban, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Urban. so I, actually, I mean, it was a really good list. Like, no, you couldn't go wrong with any of it. But uh Yay.
1: I wanted well, to do a. You.
0: I wanted to to solidify it with the Gilliam. So
1: <laughs> this will be the second Gilliam film that we've done for my birthday.
0: That's true, and I'm looking forward to it because I haven't seen Twelve Monkeys probably since around the time it came out.
1: Really, ninety
0: five like I think is when it came out. Something like that? Ninety five, ninety six. I saw it around the time it came out and I haven't seen it since so that'll be really interesting.
1: Did you ever see Le Jet?
0: Did I ever see what? That
1: is the that is the French film that Twelve Monkeys. No,
0: I never saw it. I never no, I never saw it.
1: Oh, okay. It's a it's a it's an interesting film. Um Yay. Yay. <laughs> so now you guys know what to watch. Woo. And that's it. Thank you. thank you, you guys, for tuning in for Steve's birthday movie. Yeah. If if you haven't done so yet, scream happy birthday, Steve, no matter where you are. If you're yep. on public transportation, or you're doing some laundry, or you're driving in your car into work, roll down your window and shout happy birthday, Steve. I They'll insist. That's right. And for late Cedric. this is Jason Harding, and see a movie this week.
0: And this is Steve Shives, and please, if you Leave this show with nothing else. Remember this, that when a man sticks a gun in your face, you got two choices. You can die or you can kill the motherfucker.
1: Those, I think, I just, excuse me, sir. Yes, yes, you right there. Mr. Wade. Yes. yes. I disagree.
0: You think there are more than two options?
1: Yeah, there's more than two options. You can beg. You can beg. Begging's an option, isn't it? You can beg please don't kill me?
0: But then they might kill you anyway. So you die, so that's option one.
1: That's not option one. You can beg and then they let you live.
0: But you're you're but there's
1: there's option three. You fucker, you hack. You goddamn hack. I still You know think- what? I don't even think this guy's ever had a gun in his face. Wait a minute. Please. Okay. Now, what, do you, what, what oh, options do you have at oh this God, point? Oh God! Please
0: don't kill me! Oh Jesus fucking Christ! Please put the gun away! Okay. Oh my fucking
1: God! Please don't fucking. Okay, kill I put it me. away. I'll do whatever
0: you want. Oh God! Oh thank See? you. See? Okay. Oh. Third
1: option. Now, now say now say your little phrase. When oh. someone sticks a gun, a gun in your face, you can what? You have how many options?
0: You have three options.
1: Right. And those can, options are. You can
0: die. You can kill the motherfucker. <laughs> or you can. You can cry and beg for your life.
1: That's right. See? That's growth. That's growth, Wade. I don't like now it. Now, quick, quick, tell Dalton before he makes a really big mistake.
0: Oh, oops. <laughs> Too late. There he goes. Uh, you can't. You can't stop him.
1: Oh, he wouldn't have listened to anyway. He
0: never listens.
1: He only listens when tits are out or something. That, and
0: even then it's kind of a you know, you not you can't be sure.
1: That's true. Because he's gotta win at everything, right?
0: He he well he does win at everything. That's the frustrating part.
1: Does he win at everything? Everything, everything. Is he winning at relationships? When was the last time he just called you to say hi?
0: You know, it depends on how you define winning. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. So if he's actually losing, he can call it winning, and then he's winning.
0: You just redefine it. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's so. Eventually, the definition becomes meaningless.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't, I don't talk about him like that. I don't judge him because we're friends. Like we're the best of friends. He's my best friend.
1: He is your best friend. He's
0: my best friend. Like I remember, you know, after I got out of the hospital after my lung transplant, I went to see yes. him. And, uh-huh. and, you know, he lit up a cigarette and, and he was like, hey, good to see you. And I was like, yeah, good to see you too, man. Of course, and it had been a while since we saw each other because I had been in the hospital that whole time and he never sure. came to see me. But he, it's because he was busy. He was probably busy working at yeah. at, at the bar. You know, and he said, you know, how, how have you been? And I said, fine. And then he lit up another yeah. cigarette and you know, and we talked for he a while. He offered it to you? He offered, he uh, he did offer me uh, a Even cigarette. Even though
1: he, he knew that you only had one working he, lung he, at the he, time. he
0: offered me a cigarette repeatedly throughout the conversation and I politely. Declined every time because we're friends, you know. Sure. I mean, I do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, like yell at one of my friends.
1: Is this the time that he got you drunk? You passed out. When you woke up, you were smoking a cigarette.
0: This was that time. Yeah, yeah. But he just did it to be funny. Like he wasn't. Oh, he, he didn't oh. mean anything. He didn't mean anything. Like it was malicious a funny joke. It. it was a joke. It yeah. Was I woke... a f- yeah. It was yeah. a funny joke. And you know, and after I got out of the hospital, eventually I came to understand the humor in it. So you know, we're sure. good. Me and Dalton are good.
1: We're good. Do you laughed until you cried?
0: I literally cried. Yeah, I cried blood. Actually, I was crying so hard. Yeah.
1: Great. Let's you and me go see the therapist again.
0: Okay. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.
1: Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash and.